to admit to winning crimes. Um, welcome. Uh, and who are you? Sorry, uh, my name is Matt Wineza. Wineza, you can ask how you pronounce that. Uh, Wineza. <laughs> um, do you have a middle name? Uh, it, I actually don't have a traditional middle name. Okay. Um, it's actually my mother's maiden name. Okay. Um, so full name is actually Matthew Kofoulis Wineza. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's but a, don't don't call me Matthew because that you, when someone calls me Matthew, that usually that is your that is your full name. Though. That is my full name, which you prefer not. That usually means I'm in trouble. If you call me, <laughs> if you call me Matthew, it usually means I'm in trouble. And so you're yeah, okay. Let's let's avoid that. Uh, and for for those who heard the sound effects, uh, Matthew's opened a beverage. You, do you what beverage did you open? Uh, I got a three notched uh, Lake Life. Okay. Um, and then Matt graciously brought me a Virgil's uh, handcrafted root beer, which I will now attempt to pour fairly close to the microphone. So for everyone's audio benefits there. Um, I told him I liked root beer. He brought a root beer. You're already my best friend. Cheers. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. There we go. Thank you. All right. Now we'll try not to burp all over the mic either. <laughs> um, uh, so Matt, um, how did you get into riding? Uh, as I'm, I, as I am today. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're close to your version that you're doing. Now. Okay. Um, yeah. So probably, oh God, I had to be at least my junior year of college. Um, I actually got my first real mountain bike and at the time it was what I thought was an expensive mountain bike. Um, I still remember it. it's a specialized hard rock and it cost me $350. Ooh. Okay. That was, that was priced in college dollars. That was, and that was a definitely in college dollars. Then. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you get this bike. Um, can I ask, what was the, the thought of getting this bike? Was it just like, I just want to have a, some wheels, like kind of thing? or what? It was a little bit of both. I mean, I was still living in a dorm, so I still wanted some transportation to get from my dorm to, to class, but I also wanted to, that was also when um, some of the JRPS trails started to, okay. started to come up and be used a little bit more. Um, and at the time, one of my uh, best friends that I was working with at the, uh, the gym at VCU, um, mm -hmm. he had just gotten into mountain biking okay. maybe about two or three months ago. Okay. Um, so it was like, so he kind of convinced me, you know, to you replace the old, uh, old mountain bike that I had, which was a full rigid 26 inch mm -hmm. Raleigh M20, okay. um, which was, I was basically using strictly as a commuter. Okay. Um, so I replaced that thing, got this, you know, specialized hard rock and, yeah. and uh, my friend Mike was like, yeah, let me show you some of the trails out there. And it's like, well, I've never done that before, but like, sure. I'm like, let's try this thing. Um, obviously, you know, I'm starting out in cycling, so I don't have any gear. I have mm -hmm. tennis shoes and, you know, go out there with gym shorts, a t-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't have a camelback or a water bottle, so mm -hmm. I, I had, you know, a 64 ounce or a 32 ounce Nalgene and a book bag. Okay. So I throw on a book bag yeah. and throw my 20, you know, my 32 ounce Nalgene in there and we go hit some trails. <laughs> How was that? How was that ride? Were you just like, this it is was, awesome, or is it challenging? That was rough. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we definitely. I probably only made it up to Reed Creek. Okay. Um, from where we were in uh, in Jackson Ward, so all together, like maybe, you know, maybe a ten mile round okay. trip. In trail terms, yeah, that was like maybe three miles, <laughs> if that. Um, so it definitely wasn't a long ride at, at all, but like it definitely like wet my teeth, uh, wet my lips a little bit on, yeah. on trying to get out there in some trails. Okay. Um, and that was my first ride. Okay. Um, I definitely remember like my second or third ride, um, which was actually solo at the time. So okay. I actually just, you know, felt adventurous and wanted to go out there by myself to, just to give it a try, um, before I actually made up my mind about it. And so I went out there by myself. 
Um, probably James, River, James River Trails. James yeah, River Trails okay. Trail System. So I was definitely on uh, the Buttermilk Trail. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with the trails down there. Um, kind of did an outback, you know, from my apartment at Jackson Ward. Mm -hmm. um, went all the way up to Reach Creek and came back. Okay. And then, uh, so there's this one part on the Buttermilk Trail uh, just past the 22nd Street entrance. You know, it's probably about a quarter mile, maybe a half mile into it. But okay. it's like this little step-up root ball. Okay. That go um, on the trail. And I was coming the opposite way, so you had to drop down it. Okay. Right? And, you know, I kind of had this, like, misconception of how physics worked on, on bikes. So <laughs> okay. I was like, I was feeling kind of, kind of, kind of jumpy that day. Okay. So I decided to try to huck myself off, huck myself off that thing. Okay. And it ended very badly. Yeah, really? <laughs> so I endoed o over my handlebars, came down, probably, you know, stuck my hands out like a, like, yeah. like, a, like a noob. Yeah. Um, that's what um, yeah. most people called um, beginner mountain bikes back mm -hmm. in the day was, was noobs. I don't know if that term's still thrown around these days but you know threw my hands out in front of me landed straight onto the ground you know dust kicks up debris all over the place i get up i'm looking at myself like all right everything still looks intact yeah and then i lift up my left hand palm and i'm yeah. like oh that's not good mm -hmm. there's a stick sticking out my palm oh dude okay <laughs> um. so i'm looking i was like that doesn't look good so i'm like looking at this thing and it's like it didn't look too deep so it's like i'm just gonna pluck that thing out here yeah so i plucked it out and of course like you know blood starts yeah, oozing yeah. all over the place right and i'm like well what do i do now <laughs> of course i'm kind of wearing more or less the same kind of get up uh, yeah. as my first time so i'm you know wearing a t-shirt gym shorts yeah. uh you know sneakers and you know backpacks so the only thing i could think of was like well, I'm just gonna like rip a piece of my sh sleeve off and like just wrap it. Sure. Yeah. And then at the time I was still work also working at the uh, the student gym, so okay. I decided to like limp myself over to the gym. Okay. Over there on, on my mountain bike, get to the gym, and uh, you know the supervisor at, of the shift uh, was there, and uh, she just looks at me. It's like, man, you look like you're having a bad day, <laughs> and I'm like. Kind of, and uh, so I unwrap the uh, you know the wound on my hand. I kind yeah. of show her my palm, and she just goes, "Ooh." It's like, yeah, I'm just here for the first aid kit, and I'll be on the way. <laughs> oh man! Um, um, but that's just kind of how it, it all got started. I kind of made a decision that you know, it falls are going to happen if you're if you're going to do mountain biking, um, and that was just part of the game. And I kind of accepted it and just kind of went from there. Um, and you just like how long? How long did it take to heal, roughly? Oh, probably at least two two and a half weeks before it, like scabbed up. And, okay. And fell okay. off. So. Um, and you still went out. You just still went out and rode. Just went out and rode still, some more. Okay. You know, still went on, went out the road, did my thing. Just um, kind of stayed with it. Did you um, Did you and the friend ride more? Did you start meeting other people that rode? Like how that how the. Um, just to get more acclimated to the trails and like the trail network and stuff like that. So I just mm -hmm. kept riding with uh, with him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also you know more or less just went out by myself because at the time there really weren't that many like big groups of cyclists or mountain sure. bikers at the time because the trails were actually pretty new at that time. Well, what years are we talking about this? Uh, if I was a junior in college at the time, that was 2005. Okay. Okay. VCU? VCU. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I was also there at that time. Um, uh, so, okay, so you're, you're, you're riding, you're doing your, your, your rides around the James River Park. Did you make out to Pocahontas? Pocahontas existed. Tra right? Pocahontas, uh, I think at the time it didn't really exist at the time. Um, okay. I think there may have been like the, the Morgan Trail system. I think that was the original trail system okay. down there. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, definitely the Lakeview trails didn't exist. And okay. uh, the Swift Creek trails definitely didn't exist at that time. So, okay. you know, you had like this small little thing of like, you know, what was it like 10 miles of trail in, okay. in Pocahontas State Park. Um, also at the time, you know, I was in college, so I didn't have a car at that, that Ooh, point okay. either. So, so yeah, making, car, making okay. it down to Pocahontas was kind of a hard, hard, uh, hard task for me to do. Without, okay. uh, getting some friends that had cars. Uh, so college, you're, you're riding around. Um, do you feel like your skills are getting better as you as you ride around more in, in college and things like that? Oh, I was definitely starting to get better. Okay. Um, you know, I was starting to get, you know, better feel for how, you know, mountain bikes reacted, like mm-hmm. as you went over routes. Um, you know, the kind of general thought that I had in my head is like, look, wherever your front wheel is going to go, your rear wheel is going to follow. Mm-hmm. So if okay. you can clear the obstacle, um, with your front wheel, chances are your real wheel, rear wheel is going to clear it at okay. the same time. So I kind of just kept riding with that kind of mindset. Okay. Um, and that, you know, kind of got me through a whole bunch of mental hurdles as far as okay. uh, what the James River system had to offer. Okay. Um, so you're doing the James River system, uh, in college. And I guess, so what happens like after, like you, you finish college, um, you stayed, did you stay here? I stayed in Richmond. You yes. stayed in Richmond. Okay. All right. Um, so how to go from, you know, I'm, I'm riding around, you know, the James River trail system. What are you doing? Like 10, 15 miles kind of rides? Oh, good God. No. Okay. <laughs> how, how far, what kind of ride? Um, I think it, I didn't really start hitting like the 10, the 15. So I don't know. I don't know how familiar you are with the distances around the James River and the James River loop. But if you add up Buttermilk, North Bank, and Forest Hill, and only do those trails, that's roughly about ten miles. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so right. Buttermilk's roughly three-ish. Okay. Um, same thing with North Bank; it's um, it's roughly three-ish, and then you know, likewise for Forest Hill. I don't think I ever I started stringing together all three trails for mm-hmm. a solid year and a half. Okay. I think so. A, a lot of it was just spent trying to get my fitness up to that point where okay. I could string them together. Were you thinking about? your fitness were you just like i'm just gonna go ride and i enjoy riding or were you at any point did you start thinking like i want to get better at this let me ride this to get better at this kind of like in that that position like i just enjoy it and now like let me purposely try to do stuff to get better like was that happening at that point in time oh it was definitely a combination of things so you brought up fitness i mean that was Mm -hmm. actually probably one of the bigger reasons why it took up cycling okay was to improve my fitness okay um so um a lot of my close friends knew me back then mm-hmm. and they knew me as a kind of a bigger person back then so i was okay. definitely pushing a, a hair over 200 pounds okay um in, in college um versus today when i'm you know weighing 150 pounds so it's a very stark difference between how i was then to how i am today um yeah. so i wanted to fix that so okay. one i enjoyed riding bikes mm-hmm. right i used uh, uh riding a bike was my main you know mode of transportation to yeah. get around campus um whenever um I was up in northern. By the way, I'm from Northern Virginia. Okay. Um, so whenever I was up in Northern Virginia, I would always ride the uh, the Mount Vernon Trail. So mm-hmm. I would start at uh, um, Bellhaven Park and then go all the way out to um, Mount Vernon, um, just solid, you know, about twenty okay. ish mile, you know, ride. Okay. Did that. So I enjoyed just in general riding my bike. Um, and then at the time, you know, mountain biking was starting to get uh, you know more popular, and I just thought, hey, that's kind of cool. I want to do that too. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of progressed from there and, you know, started to develop, developing more skills. Okay. Um, and then my friend that, you know, got me into mountain biking, he's right. like, yeah, you should try a race. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it was kind of ambitious at the time. Okay. So I was like, let me, let me hold off on that for, for a bit here. Okay. Let me try to get my fitness and skills up here. 
Um, but eventually, yeah, that kind of led into racing and, okay. you know, kind of, uh, you know, just more regularly racing and competing against other people. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you recall what your first race was? Like race race? Uh, I think pretty sure I did Camp Hilbert, Camp Hilbert. back okay. in the day. Camp Hilbert. I'm yeah. I'm not familiar with that. That um, is in Goochland, Virginia. Okay. Okay. It's near, um, the, it's near the Boy Scout camp. I don't know if you're, you know where that is. I, I mean, I know Goochland and I'm not familiar with the Boy, Boy Scouts uh, location, but that's okay. Um, so you do this this Camp Hilbert. Uh, how far was the ride? Do you recall? That was a twelve mile race. Twelve mile so race. So it's two six mile laps. Okay. Yeah. Um, were you competing or were you just participating? Like, was this a full on like I I think I might try to try to win this, or were you just like let me just ride in it and see how it goes? I competed for the first fifty yards. Okay. <laughs> and then it just turned into participation, and then it turned into survival. Okay. <laughs> um. So okay, okay. So you survived. Um, you did the you did the whole distance. I did the whole distance. Yeah, okay. it, it was a tough for for me back then. That was a tough race. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure I finished. It took me two hours. Okay. Um, when most people were, were taking about an hour and a half ish. Okay. Around there, but given you know that it was a learning experience for me. Yeah. So, you know, one like I learned not to burn all my matches. In, yeah. in the first ten seconds of the race, and mm-hmm. two is like you can't you can't redline your heart rate for two hours. You just can't. <laughs> On three, you've got to pace yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of lessons learned in, in, that, in that first race. Um, and then I kind of took that into the next race, mm-hmm. um, which was the, um, it was the then uh, Xterra Urban Assault, okay. which, which is, I think most people today would know it as the Dominion River Rock okay. Urban Assault. Okay. Um, uh, did that. And, you know, kind of the same deal. It's like I burned all my matches in like the first, you know, a couple yards here or something like that. But it, it was a lot better. Um, I, I didn't finish, com- you know, dead last. Okay. But I still finished in the back end of the group. But it was, okay. it was more of a um, just achievement thing, kind of, kind of a personal goal thing for me at, at that point. Okay. Um, now, regarding this, this first race, um, and if you can't recall all the emotions, that's fine. Um, when you... Did you have any thoughts of like, so you, you start off and you said you were thinking you were competing and, and, and were you really surprised by um, the level of skill of the other riders? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, for me, that was probably the first time I've really done like athletic events. Okay. Um, and then to see someone, you know, going full on for, you know, two to four laps yeah. like that is like. That kind of lit a little bit of a fire on me. It's okay. like that's a that's something I could shoot for. It's like okay. how, how do I get to this point where I can raise my fitness enough to be able to, to at least ride like that, to, yeah. to ride a whole race like that, versus yeah. just you know here's a flash in the pan and for the first ten seconds and <laughs> yeah. then survival just the start, yeah, for the rest of that time. Um, so then the then the um, the Xterra Urban Assault, um, you do that one. You don't finish last. You finish in the the back group. Is that yeah. what you take that as okay. And um, I think I think the urban self. The first time I did it, when I finished it, I think that's when I first set my first real like race goal. Okay. For for the next season, like my next uh, uh, my goal at the following year was I want to place. Okay. After the first uh, after, in the next urban assault. Okay. So wait. Well, um, so you do this one. Did you prepare for this the this Xterra race? Did you? Were you just riding like? How did you try to get ready for this race? The next one, the next. Year. No, the the first XR, the first. Oh, the one, first yeah, XR. The first it was just, uh, you know, after work, you know, just get my bike out and kind of 
ride as much of the James River Park system as I, as I can, as hard as I could. Okay. Like there was no training plan here. It was just like just full motor go. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you know anybody else who, who raced at all? Not at that point, no. Okay. Yeah. So your your circle of, of people is is like, you know, whoever the guy was that introduced you at the gym and like a few other people. In the gym, like and you, you meet a couple people at the races, but it was, back then it was definitely like Richmond grassroots mountain biking scene. Okay. Uh, scene. Okay. So like if you ran into someone's like, hey, cool, like I ride a bike too. Um, where do you do all your riding? And so it just kind of starts there. It's like, you know, meeting acquaintances and, and friends at, at these races. But you didn't really have like cells of people okay. like all over the place like, like there is today. Okay. Um, so you do the XR race and then you decide you want to you want to set a goal you want to you want to do this again and you want to do it better yeah the next year you yeah. want to place right um so what what then happens between that 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 the x era and then the doing it the next time like what what kind of transpired to like kind of get you prepared for the, the next one and how uh the next one i think at that point my roommate actually convinced me to get a road bike okay um because he, he was an exercise, exercise science major, so he kind of had more of a knowledge yeah. base of what mm-hmm. training is and what you need to do to be able to like, mm-hmm. um, prepare yourself to get to that, you know, quote-unquote next level. Yeah. Um, so he kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, you need to get some actual solid, like, cycling base. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you can't do that on a trail. You have to do that on the road. Okay. So that was kind of his way of convincing me to get a that point was a road bike okay um which ended up being a like a cannondale touring bike i think it was like cannondale t700 okay or something like that with with the with bar end shifters in the drops okay really old school stuff yeah okay um heavy as can be i'm pretty sure it was like a 28 pound road bike or, or a touring bike at the time. okay that, that's what i had that's what i could uh, afford at the time okay that's what yeah. i used to uh, ride some of the roads around here um so what do you do with this bike? Did you just like start hitting the roads? Like, start hitting some roads. Okay. Um, you know, start hitting some of the the, the more well traveled, the, the the common routes around here. Mm-hmm. At that time, the only place I really knew was was Pony Pasture. Mm-hmm. So I would just ride, you know, Pony Pasture up and down, just do right, lap, back and forth laps, yeah. and then head back head back home and kind of do that and use that as my way to you know start building my base to um, hopefully get faster. Okay. Um, so I guess you got months, you know, a full year between the next event. Yep. So you're riding, you, you've got uh, months at your riding. This road. When you start noticing a difference, when you, when, when can you, at what point do you like able to look back and be like, oh, like this, this feels different. Like this feels easier. Like was there ever a point? I strung together two trails. Okay. That was when I figured out that the, <laughs> this was actually working here. Like okay. fitness was getting better. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm dying. Like every time, every single time I get, go out there. Um, but I, I strung together two trails. It was buttermilk and North bank. Okay. When I did that, I was like, all right, I can keep going here. This is something I keep, keep building on. And then, you know, eventually I, you know, strung together, uh, forest, uh, forest Hill park. And mm-hmm. that was the whole loop um, okay. for the, uh, for the exterior urban assault. Okay. Um, so you, yeah, basically you're able to see like you can, you can handle going longer, um, for your rides there. Um, how long? So you, you see you're getting better. Um, I guess you've gotten some equipment at this point. You've gotten a second bike. You're an N plus one. Yep. So like you're not riding. I'm guess are you still riding in shorts and a t-shirt? I'm still riding in shorts still and shorts t-shirts. Still shorts and t-shirt. At okay. Point. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you have it. This, it doesn't sound like you've met any 
dedicated cyclist at nope. this point. So Not at that point. So, okay, so I'm no still one's... more or less. So it, it's really just me and you know my my well, then roommate, okay. best friend at, yeah. at the time that that got me into it. But yeah, it was it was just gym shorts, uh, and a t-shirt. Okay. Yep. Um, by chance, did you do any? Research? Did you like do online to like look up anything of what you might do? Were you just like you just figuring it out on your own while you were out on the road? Kind it of? was pretty much just figuring it out on my own. Okay. It was definitely figuring it out. <laughs> okay. Because um, um, I don't think you really like start to figure out like you don't really learn about like cadence and power and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know consistency in heart rate like mm-hmm. until you get really more serious about about like uh, at that at that time it was just like I just need saddle time. Yeah. That's it. I'm just gonna go pedal. So what that what that indicates it sounds like you you'd not done any serious sports beforehand. Nope. Okay. Yeah, because um, that would some of that the the training in serious I'm saying serious in training in other sports would then carry over. But if you hadn't, as I hadn't either, right? You wouldn't think about your heart rate. Like I shouldn't go, you know, highest heart rate I can for the whole time. Exactly. Like how much watt? Like so anyway. So I understand that you don't know exactly, um, yep. and you don't even know to look. Nope. Like, nope. Um, so you're riding, um, you eventually get to this Xterra race. Yep. Second year. The yep. second, second year you do it. Uh, how does it go? Uh, well, first, uh, uh, my roommate, he asked me, he's like, you're not going to wear that in a race, are you? <laughs> okay. Like, well, it's all I got. So he throws me a, a, one of his spare jerseys. Like, okay. at, at least wear a jersey, man. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, yeah I, you know, I wear the jersey that he, he, mm-hmm. he gives me. Um, I'm, I think I'm wearing, I may have been wearing... I may have raced in cargo shorts um, for that one. Yeah. Um, so wait, yeah. no padded shorts. No padded shorts. Okay, all right. No padded shorts. I think I may have bought some clipless shoes at that point, by that point. Still no padded shorts. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay, so let's, let's go with the race, and then we'll ask about the clipless, clipless, clipless shoes at that point. Um, so you, you do the race in the, the jersey your yep. roommate gives you. Um, you notice any difference? Oh, you do the race. Let's go with that. How how'd the race go? Let's go. With well, that. okay. He he threw me a jersey, and it happened to be a green jersey. Okay. And I was riding a red bike, and it's like, man, you threw me this jersey because you want me to look like a <laughs> look like a Christmas tree, don't you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> had. Um. Anyways, back to the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I go out to the race. Um. It was it was un- at that point like the race started underneath the uh the lee bridge on belle isle mm-hmm. um, okay. and they there. do this stupid le mans start so i don't know if you're familiar with the le mans start what is the le mans um, start? so in the le mans start for cycling you put your bike you set your bike about 20 yards up ahead and then you walk back to the start line okay right and when they say start you run, run to your, to your bike, bike and you do a cyclocross mount onto your bike and then you start sprinting for the start of the race. Okay. All right. Um, most god awful start that was, yeah, that was ever invent, invented for, for, but, you know. for that. But, um, you know, by that point, I think I'd done maybe like two other warm up races okay. um, prior to the urban assault. Okay. Um, and I kind of learned the gist of how, um, you know, in mountain biking, you, you or even crit racing, you, you, you hear, um, you hear about the whole shot, mm-hmm. right? At the start, you want, if you're in a packer group, you want to hit the whole shot okay. so that you hit the trails first, mm-hmm. and especially in a beginner's race, because you don't know what skill levels are around mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah. So in mountain biking, generally, if you're stuck behind someone that's of a 
a lesser or a lesser skill set than you, yeah. you're going to be stuck behind him for the entire race. Mm, so okay. you kind of learn in mountain bike racing that if you want to win like a, a beginner level race, you have to burn matches at the at the beginning to get, to get, to get ahead of those people so you don't get stuck behind them. Okay. So you know that was just that that was just experience. Um, okay. Um, coming up to that point, um, and then you know as much as I had been riding those trails at that point, you know. You kind of know, like the back of your hand. You know, oh, there's a there's a dip coming over here, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a route over here that you have to watch out for. Um, you know, there's a log over there, and you kind of have to lift your bike up and yeah. bunny hop over it. You know, at, at this point, so you kind of learn the course um, ahead. Of, I, I learned the course um, pretty well. Okay. Uh, well ahead of that race, so I kind of knew where everything and all the little tricks were at that. Okay. Point. Um, so you're you're in the race. You 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 move up to the front, or at least a closer position in the front. Um, how long was the race? Uh, I think that was twelve miles. Yeah, 12 miles? okay, ten to twelve miles, I think. Um, so how does this how does this thing proceed? Do you do you burn matches? Like how does it go? You burn some couple matches, and the way it's funny how mountain biking races mountain bike races tend to um, end up is that mm-hmm. you usually end up riding by yourself. Once it all kind of settles into place, like yeah. you're you're kind of in your place and you're there for the entire race. Yeah. So you know the rest of the from the, you know, the faster people are already gone. Okay. You know, the people that you're faster than are way back behind you. And yeah. There, there might be a couple people, one or two people like that are like within, you know, visual distance of you. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, you know, mountain bike races aren't generally aren't very big either. So, you know, top for, you know, a big race is like 15 people. Sure. Oh, okay. So, you know, at, at that point I found myself in, in my spot and mm-hmm. which just happened at that point happened to be third. Okay. And I finished the race third. <laughs> nice. Um, how'd that feel? Uh, at the time, I didn't really know. Okay. I didn't know how to react because I'd never won like a competitive or like placed in a competitive yeah. event like that. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like they, they post the prelim results and stuff like that. You, you go look at it and, you, you know, I went up there. I looked. It's like, oh, I got third. Okay. Cool. Um you know, go back, sit with my friends and, you know, they're, you know, congratulating me. It's like, dude, that's really big. Yeah. And then, you know, they do, they do, they do podiums. Right. Mm-hmm. So they call my name. I go up there, you know, mm-hmm. I'm standing on podium. I'm like, I don't know what to do up here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, just like, you know, staying there, you know, woo, you know, hands up in the air. And yeah. It's like, you know, I got third place. Like, great. And then they, you know, give me a little medal. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Um, you know, take medal, you know, head back to my friends. I'm like, cool. Got I got place. third. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's still great. But I can I understand like not knowing exactly how to feel. I mean, hopefully you're not mad about it, you know, but, um, you know, it being, being an odd thing. So you, you get third place here. What's the, you were clipped in. I was clipped in. You were clipped in. Else. Okay. Let's go back to that. Um, and we'll get back to your placement. Um, how soon before the race did you, try clipping in uh, about I would say about four months okay so you okay you had some experience being clipped in and that was just plain hilarity really yeah yeah um how'd you how'd you like being clipped in it was weird okay it, it just well first of all it just felt weird being attached to your bike like that mm-hmm. um and then the fact that like you know when you start riding a bike you're generally on platform pedals in, yep. in the sneakers and generally you know when you want to stop you just kind of just like lift your foot up and right. like place it down yeah um not the case of course not with clips pedals you know so there's, a, so there's a little bit of a learning curve to that 
and there's one specific instant where um, that really came back to bite me. Okay. Um, I think I was coming back to cl from class one time, mm -hmm. and it may have been like the third or fourth time I'd bring clipless shoes. Mm -hmm. But I rode, I wore my clipless shoes to class and then rode them back. Okay. And at that point, I think I was living at the Broad and Belvedere apartments at VCU. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a median on Broad Street right there at, at Broad and Belvedere, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm on the median and I couldn't cross street street yet. So I had to stop. Yeah. Right. And I tried twisting my foot out and it mm -hmm. wasn't coming out. Yeah. And literally, I just fell over it's, like a tree <laughs> in the middle of the median in oh. front of like 15 cars. Did anybody even look to come out or anything? Nothing. No, just, not, okay. Okay. Not. <laughs> uh, bruised ego, I imagine. Oh yeah, but no, I, but I no, no serious I, injuries. Or I anything just like I managed to unclip my foot and I looked on my bike. like, so this is how it's gonna be, huh? Yeah. All right, all right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I feel everyone has that moment where you know maybe they were doing fine clipping in, and then they they have that not clip out quick enough and just tip over somewhere. You know, I think everyone has that experience um, on first trying clipless pedals. Or at least they should. So at least they know like how bad it can go. Like, oh, I, I survived the tipping over. It was not the worst thing ever. I think it's yeah. kind of a rite of passage. <laughs> I've yet to meet anyone who said they, they didn't. Well, yeah, I don't think I've, I've, I've not met anyone who like once they, they talked about being clipped in, they didn't tip over at some point. Because I, I can't imagine you having that skill before being clipped in. So, um, so you clip in. Um, you race, um, the race goes well, third place, um, in the Jersey. Did you, after wearing the Jersey, did you feel anything about the Jersey? Were you like, I'm never going to wear this again. Were you like, you know what, this actually helped. This felt better. Like, did you notice anything actually wearing the Jersey? It felt you know? better. Okay. You know, it's like, you, you know, growing up, you know, elementary school, you're, you're, you're tossed a cotton t-shirt and like some gym shorts. Like yeah. this, is all, this is all you know. Yeah. And then you start getting introduced into like tech t-shirts and tech mm -hmm. materials that actually wick sweat off. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like I definitely felt a difference between, you know, sweat of sweat actually wicking off my body versus yeah. like being absorbed into a cotton t-shirt right. and just making me heavier. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, so maybe there's something into these cycling clothes. Um, um, but I still didn't have it in me to buy shorts. Shorts. <laughs> did you not think about buying shorts or did you just like, I'm not going to wear them? For a while it was, I'm not going to wear these because these are ugly. <laughs> and no one told you to wear them under your shorts. No. Um, uh, when do you buy padded shorts? When does that happen? I assume you I wear them now. I, I absolutely wear them now. Yeah, yeah okay. I will not go on a bike without, unless it's like down the block, I will not go out for a ride without padded shorts. Okay. Um, but I think it was, I think it was only a couple months after that race okay. um, that I finally bit the bullet and like, and, and bought some padded shorts. Uh, and like the first time going out in like a full like cycling mm -hmm. kit yeah. is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. so yeah. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I still actually remember the first time I stepped out. It was definitely like a cool, a cool fall morning. Yeah. Uh, I opened the door, you know, padded shorts. And these were bike shorts. These weren't bibs. Okay, these are shorts. See, okay. These were just padded shorts and like a, you know, a cycling jersey. Yeah. I walk out there. I look out over my balcony. I'm like, I feel naked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it is, you know, it's thin, sweat-wicking material. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it sounds like it's probably not your normal clothing. And it doesn't um, leave a lot to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and that's another thing. I, have I asked, I don't think I've asked everyone about that, about when you first, particularly the guys. I think the ladies, it's a smooth transition. Um, you know, how awkward was that? I, it was awkward for me. Um, I, yeah, won't go into that. Um, but, uh, so you wear the kit, you have a kit. Uh, do you recall what shorts you got? You What's said, that? Do you recall the shorts that you got? What kind of shorts do I have? Yeah. Um, that you that you did get because I imagine you're not still using. Oh, good God, no. Okay. Yeah, I think I just bought some like I probably like just found some Segoy shorts that I found on like okay. Jensen USA or something like that. That was that was reasonable enough for what I needed to do. Okay. For what I was making at the time, which is not much. Okay. <laughs> College budget. I was still riding a Franken bike at okay. that point. <laughs> Um, is this still college? college this is though? still more or less college. This is probably my you know, first year out of college. So okay. like real job ish at okay. that point. Um, uh, so now you've got now you've got a kit, you've got a you've got a um, uh, podium under your belt. Yep. Um, like what's what's next? You start setting your eyes on bigger events like i can compete now like what, would, what kind of happens in your, oh your definitely like, like after i definitely got my appetite wet for racing mm-hmm. um and i enjoyed it you know just learning and like seeing the, seeing the progression was actually very important to me okay um for me to continue to race yeah um and at that point that was the point when i actually started like actually seeking out races okay and that was actually about the time when the Virginia Off-Road Series um, started popping up. Okay. Um, so that was uh, um, uh, a collection of, I would say, I don't know, 15 to 20 races that um, that were all around the state of Virginia. Okay. Um, and it was it was basically just a schedule that was put together for, uh, I don't know if you know Woody Elliott, um, but he, was, he ran the entire um, he Virginia the series. Off-Road okay. Series uh, you know, calendar. So he, you know, go into discussions with all the race directors. Hey, I got this series together. It's a great way to, you know, promote your event, mm-hmm. and you know, develop this whole calendar of, you know, mountain biking um, events like all around the state of Virginia. So okay. I started more or less following all the ones for, that were within like an hour and a half to two hour drive of Richmond. Okay. And that ended up being racing one to two times a month. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, did you have to be like? Are these still just like races anyone can do, or you have to like have a, a like USA Cycling registered or anything? No, like it was that? definitely just like general, just sign up and sign up show and up and do okay. the race. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're doing the you you're, you're, you start like doing this Virginia Off Road Virginia Off Road series. Um, so like two races a month or so. At least, yeah. Okay. During the um, spring and summer. Any of those races that stand out to you doing those races? Ah. Uh, Either because it was just like mass and nothing, mass and nothing. Okay, mass and nothing. That was always. It's always that at that time it was always on my calendar and I always did it. Mm-hmm. But it was just a god awful race. Okay, because like that's like, um, that was that was that's in the mountains of um like the Harrisburg area. Okay, so like and you know I I don't ride out there. I still don't ride out there. Yeah. Um. Really- so to do the you know those types of climbs. Yeah. Um, without ever having to do those, uh, without having to regularly do those, was yeah. a tall task. Yeah. Um, so you do that. The you've gone back to do that race. What's that? Have you gone back to do that race or? Is it- uh, not since then. Okay. Yeah, it's probably been at least ten, uh, five, 
know, easily 10 years, I would say, okay. since I've okay. done that race. All but right. back then, yeah, I probably did it three years in a row. How that race feel? I mean, was it just, it was just, just difficult? It was survival. Okay. That was it. There, there, for me, it, there, there wasn't racing that race. Okay. It, it was just it was go out, do it, and just come back in one piece. Okay. <laughs> How often do you know that ahead of time? Um, like, back I'm, then I did a lot of research okay. um, before I went out to think, uh, went out to these things to try to figure out what to expect. Um, so if it was like the nice thing about the Virginia Opera series, since it was a grassroots in Richmond, mm -hmm. um, back then you had the poor farm series okay. um, in Ashland, which is a three race series. You had Camp Hilbert, which is also a three race series. Um, you had the urban assault, which was mm -hmm. here in Richmond. So you had a solid, uh, block of what seven or eight races that were in the richmond area okay um so i more or less knew what the terrain was going to look like around these but for yeah. the other ones that are like in you know like bedford virginia right you know, mass nutton um some of the northern virginia trails i would actually look up and go on the internet and like research try to figure out what these what the terrain would actually look like yeah on these things um so i'd go on like you know message forms i try to find you know park descriptions of what trails it uh, would look like and just yeah, trying to have, um, piece together things of what I could expect. Yeah, because did Strava exist by then? Did, did ride Definitely with did GPS not. kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Because um, that's what it, yeah, now I'm like, yeah, go ride with GPS. Like, I, if I don't have the thing, I can take the turn by turn and put it in there and see the elevation profile. Um, anyway, so good on you for at least trying to do some research, you know, before those sites existed. Um, uh, so you do this, you, you're doing these races. Um, are you just like, are you just racing? Or do you feel like, uh, is, is, is all you're riding at this time, you know, these are the years like right after you get out of college, is all you're riding, like I'm getting ready for the next race. Like, I'm getting ready for the next race. Are you like, was that kind of like where you're, you're, uh, you're I don't think I ever time? really got that serious about it. Like as okay. far as like, I don't know if you're, you know, you know, talking in reference to training like i didn't I, i've never really had like a specific like regimented training plan it was just kind of go out ride hard come back and then kind of do it over again but like it was always just kind of like that was my prep for like the next race it was okay. just like kind of go out do my thing come back and you know go out that weekend race so you, so you were still enjoying your rides I'm it wasn't enjoying. it wasn't it wasn't just like this is only to prep for the race it's like i'm still enjoying this this is fun. Oh, absolutely. All the rides I was doing back then was strictly for enjoyment. Okay. Yeah. Um, still mostly around the, the, the rides to get prepared, but most around the James River Park system? Oh, yeah. Said, okay. Okay. Um, had you met more people at this point in time? At that point, yes. Okay. Because, um, uh, like I referenced um, earlier, like there really wasn't like a good core cluster of cyclists around sure. Richmond. Like, okay. There, and there, there were no... Um, Yeah, there really weren't any like, like yeah, group groups biking. like for, for mountain biking or anything like that at that point. Um, so everyone that I was meeting that was, that I was meeting that actually rode in the Richmond area were at races. Mm -hmm. So those were ended up being a lot of people that that I ended up ride, uh, riding with, like just in you know in for general. casual rides around around the area and there. So those those ended up being like some core people. Was there anybody if you were riding with them frequently? Was there anybody that? you rode with it like you always thought about like you want to do better than them oh yeah that brings it out you, you, i think you develop some rivalries in, in, in racing um you, you definitely do i definitely had my nemesis okay um i've had one or two nemesis 
um, during my during the time that I, the times that, I, that I've raced. And okay. Like you, you know who those people are because they're always either <laughs> one place ahead of you or one place behind you. But there's right. always this kind of competitive tension between you two. You'll never acknowledge it. <laughs> In mountain biking, we're all friends, but yeah, you, you know it's there. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so you're doing the rides. Um, are you still doing any road biking? Do you still have the the, the Cannondale touring bike? Oh yeah, you, yeah, I definitely road? had like I was doing like a good mixture between trail and and, okay. and road cycling at that point. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing so so now it's like a few years of you riding regularly at yes. this point in time. Um, do you notice a you, you've noticed a difference? I'm guessing at this point in time in your in your health and that kind of stuff. By oh, by absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. I think at that point you know I was pretty. Uh, easily straining together all three trails, mm-hmm. um, you know, Buttermilk, North Bank, and, and Forest Hill. And, like, that was all I knew. So, I'd, like, I would just continuously do that all the time. Um, you know, I had my kind of own set, you know, 20, 25-ish mile road loop, okay. um, which was generally, you know, through U of R, Pony Pasture, mm-hmm. um, come back at here. And at that point, I don't think I'd discovered, like, the East End okay. roads yet, like, towards the airport. Um, bear in yeah. mind, back then, the cap trail did not exist. Right, yeah. Right, you didn't have a cap trail to get into. Um, so getting out in that direction could be kind of harrowing at the time because, um, you know, riding with traffic and no shoulder yeah, um, to get yeah, to that point yeah. where, where you can split out there was, was a little bit a little bit nerving, unnerving, yeah. I should say. You know, without having, like, either someone to get you out there, I wouldn't I wouldn't naturally think to go ride to, into, the, into the East End past Churchill kind of area kind of thing. Um, it doesn't doesn't lend well to ride and without knowing there's some some varina there's like some safer areas to ride out there so i can understand um uh so you're doing a little bit of road riding still happening um the mountain biking racing um what are you taking with you on these on like are you when you're doing the race do you, are you taking the bottle are you taking like hydration that kind of thing uh it really depended on on the race okay um so i mean if it was a, a if it was a trail that i was familiar with okay um so like six mile generally general format back then was it was a six mile loop and if it was a local race i generally knew what the loop was how much i was going to be exerting exerting myself on on these loops so sure. a lot of times i would just bring a couple bottles okay um i bring one with me on the race loop and then just kind of like leave one or two bottles at the race start okay and then just kind of switch out bottles Ooh, okay um after after one or two laps here and there but okay. if it was something like a more like a backcountry trail like a mass and nothing yeah or some of that i would definitely go camp back Okay. Because um, those were generally like one lap loops. Okay. Um, with maybe an aid station in there, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you really didn't know if you're going to have water. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at those races, so I I tend to I tend to overpack okay. for a lot of things. Um, so usually I'll have you know I have a bottle on me, um, multi tool tire lever. I'll have CO two cartridge. Uh, Back then, that was that was before tubeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have two tubes on me. Okay. Uh, two CO two cartridges. Yeah. And some kind of nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Um, how long did it take to kind of dial that in to kind of make sure you had all that stuff? Because I imagine those early rides, you didn't think to carry two tubes and the CO two cartridges and um, you know the right nutrition. Like, like how did it like? Like how that kind of formed to like, oh, I should, I should, I should make sure I have all the hydration that I need to have. I should make sure I have a snack because I got hungry that one time. Like how'd that. that yeah. Kind of I always prepared, like, I always prepared for races. Like I was just going to go out for a ride and then mm-hmm. bring a little bit of extra. 
Okay. Yeah. So it was it was just a kind of a learning, uh, um, you know, a uh, uh, exercise in um, trial and error. Okay. Um, just trying to figure out what I needed during a regular ride, and then just kind of translating that into what I needed for for a race. Okay. All right. Um, side question: Did you pick up any other sports in this time? I did, did you, not. You did not. Okay. So yeah. so so, road cycling, mountain biking. Road cycling, mountain biking. Okay. Um, I'm skipping ahead here, but you have a gravel bike as well. Right? Uh, today I do, yes. Okay. Actually, yeah. technically I don't. It is a converted cyclocross bike. How converted? Like it just has wider it's tires? It's wider tires. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's converted enough. Um, uh, what are you doing with that? Are you just you, you just like to do some gravel? Or have you done some backpiking? Mix it up here okay. and there. Yeah. For that one, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot of, a, a decent amount of cyclocross racing okay. um, with that. Um, uh, this year's probably the first year I really got into the gravel riding. Okay. Um, and then sometimes I'll take it down to uh, the trails around here. So okay. it, it's burly enough and and, and uh, sturdy enough that you can you can do most of the trails around here on on a gravel bike. Okay. Um, so mountain bike racing, um, uh, cyclocross racing. Apparently, just mentioned. When did that happen? When did you decide to, to give that oral? Uh, probably, I would say a couple of years after I started mountain biking racing. Because okay. um, uh, I was actually at the point time, I was getting tired of just mountain bike racing. Okay. So I was looking for something different. Um, and uh, uh, my friend, uh, Greg Whitwer, I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Greg Whitwer. Okay. Yep. Um, he's been in the cyclocross racing for, for even longer okay. than I bef- started yeah even before I started like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with him at the VCU gym. Okay. So he would always tell me, you know, horror stories and, you know, about how muddy and disgusting you like, you yeah. get in like these sucker cross races, but it, it always sounded awesome. Yeah. Um, so, but he, he's the one who kind of got me introduced into sucker cross racing. So, um, at that time, <laughs> this is again, going back to that, old Cannondale touring bike. Yeah. I converted that into a cyclocross bike. Really? Okay. At the time. And I did, I think I did one of the, uh, it had to be Mark Junkerman's, uh, like sorry, honey series. I I tried to use that for a cyclocross race and it was just a complete disaster. (laughs) Really? Okay. Um, like, I, like in the, like this, this bike is just terrible for this. It was terrible. You you can't shoulder it. It was heavy, sluggish. Yeah. Uh, so that was the time that uh, I, I decided I just needed to upgrade some of my equipment. Okay. On there, so I'd had uh, I had to bid farewell to that Cannondale okay. T seven hundred. Okay. Did you sell it? I well, I, I gave it a good send off. Okay. Um. So, uh, do you remember, uh, the Martin's Tour Richmond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that was actually my first hundred mile ride. Okay. And so. At that point, I was in between bikes, so I, I had bought a new uh, Giant Defy, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was gonna give my Cannondale T seven hundred a send off by running it in the uh, Martin's Tour of Richmond. Okay, but you had the the Defy. I had the Defy. Okay, but you and my friend this, was yeah. like, "Why, why? did you? Yeah, why would you do that? this? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, I gotta give this bike a good send off. Um, so I did the Martin's Tour of Richmond, hundred miles. Um, felt reasonable. It, it was okay. I'd finished it. Okay. Um, and then, I, well, that was the first year they did the Martin to- Martin's Tour of Richmond. Okay. Um, so I don't know if they did it in subsequent years, but like when you cross the finish line, they would announce who was, who, who was crossing the finish line. Really? Okay. And, yeah. um, 
uh, my friend had finished. He was like eating bar beer or something like that with um, with other the other finishes. Yeah. And you know they announced my name. It's like eh, here comes the line is is Matt Meneza and um, yeah. my friend my and then my friend just kind of jumped up and uh, he didn't know I was gonna ride that thing. He thought I was gonna ride the uh, the new bike. Yeah. And he just looked at me. He's like I have no idea how that thing finished in one piece. <laughs> Um, had you done that kind of close to that distance prior to that? No. Really? Okay. Yeah. At that point I was probably doing, I was definitely doing regular 50 mile rides. Sure. Um, but I had definitely not done like 50 mile road rides. Not road 50, rides. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I had not done a hundred mile distance. So I was, yeah, being me, like I'm, yeah. I'm fairly conservative and, uh, mm-hmm. about my abilities and stuff. Yeah. That's just like. So I was like, there's no way I do, I, I, I could do a hundred miles. Cause I, I was like, I could barely do 50 miles by myself. <laughs> and then, you know, my friend's like, well, that's the thing you're doing 50 miles by yourself. But in, in this, you're going to be riding in a group. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, you probably won't have any trouble, you know, finishing a hundred miles on this thing. So I, was like, I think you should do it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I signed up like the night before. And of course it's like a, you know, like a 7 a.m. start. So I show up there and yeah. my friends, uh, my friend found me. It's like, Oh, great. You showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't believe in you at all. Um, how did that feel? So how big, how big did the group seem? And a few people, I've not done that. I did not do the tour of Richmond. In fact, I didn't, my writing started after, but I did it. I've okay. had enough people to tell me about this thing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I missed out clearly. Um, like, did you, when you, when you did that event, did you ride with people? Did you find someone to kind of ride with when you did? Yeah, definitely. You found, it was interesting. Cause like, um, I actually found a group of mountain bikers to ride with. Oh, really? <laughs> um, um, at that time, uh, I was actually doing a fair amount of trail, uh, volunteer trail building, okay. trail build days. Um, okay. So I actually got to know uh, Nathan Burrell um, okay. a, a pretty good amount, um, along with some of the other people that, that regularly built trails at the time. Um, and I think it was probably within like first 15 miles that I actually ran into their group. Okay. And of course, like, being mountain bikers, like, hey, yeah, right, like, you recognize right people, us. Yeah. like, cool. Um, so just kind of hung with them for the next 85 miles, and it, it, it was a blast. But they were they on mountain bikes, or with no, they were okay, on road, they bikes. Were road bikes, okay, yeah, but they, they were, were definitely on road bikes. mountain bike regulars, okay. Um, all right, so you do this ride with them, they announce your names, you how'd you feel at the, the end of this, this 100 mile ride? It was an accomplishment for me, okay, because I mean, like I said, it's like. From the start, from, from the first time I like picked up mountain biking, yeah, to, to that point, it was all just per, like uh, regular progression mm-hmm. at that point. So again, it's like that just being able to see myself progress from barely being able to get through a five mile ride, yeah, into doing a hundred mile ride, yeah, that was exciting for me. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Um, what were we talking like two years three years four years i would say three years three years okay yeah i'm not sure when the first martin's tour written was yeah, but yeah i would say about that time um, frame okay uh you get the you get the hundo under your belt um do you think you would do that again do you think at, the, at that time did you think like i'd do this i'd do this again and you're like nope that was a good send off for the bike i will never do that distance again definitely the latter I was okay like, that was a good distance on this bike i'm never gonna do that again <laughs> <laughs> i got the hundred notch and that was it like i, I had no plans to do that that kind of distance again okay um how much more comfortable was the defy over the it was a million times the more comfortable it's yeah. like it, it's just you know when you when you feel when you get a when you get a taste of what a good steak tastes like mm-hmm. yeah you no know, there's a big difference yeah why would i eat the rest of yeah this? why yeah. would you go back to that kind of thing um, 
I also had a giant defy. I actually have a giant defy in the other room. Um, so I'm quite aware. I started out with a um, giant contend with aluminum and then moved to the, the defy. So okay. yeah, I'm, I'm quite aware of the brand or the that model rather. Um, uh, so you do this on your mile ride toward Richmond, road ride. Um, and then you, you go back, you kind of keep doing your, your racing and things like that, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Um, have you upgraded your mountain bike at this point in time? Have you changed mountain bikes or uh, were you still on the same bike? Yeah, I've definitely, years? at that point, I definitely upgraded my, my, my mountain bike at that point. Okay. Um, remember earlier, I kind of referred to my mountain bike as a Franken bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I started with $350 specialized hard rock yeah. and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way how these cranks feel. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to upgrade these cranks. So, you know, at that point I was a big eBay person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, try to find like the high end components for like as, as cheap as possible. Um, so, you know, that, you know, snowball started rolling and at some point, I think, you know, bear in mind, this is a $350 right. yeah. bike it's total. A, right. This is a Everything bike, on it. Mm-hmm. which means the frame is like $75. Mm-hmm. I think at some point I ended up with a $500 fork on a $50 frame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. And I was like, I think it's time to upgrade this bike. Um, so I think I eventually, I think I found it was one. I think it was the then Rowlett's bike bicycle shop. It's where Pedal Power is today. Okay. Um, they had, I think it was a Rocky Mountain Vertex. Okay. Um, hardtail cross country, uh, mountain bike frame. Okay. And it just happened to be in my price range. Okay. 250 bucks. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and now it makes sense to put these parts on that frame. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. I see. I see. So I, I parted out you. the old mountain bike frame and stuck them on the new frame. And that's how I ended up with a new button, uh, an upgraded mountain bike. Okay. Time. Nice. Um, so then you just had the old frame left over. Yeah. No, wait, it was, wait, you, did you, you bought a whole bike? No. It was, it was, it was just it a was frame. frame. It was just only. a frame so I, Oh, okay. I parted okay. out the old okay. bike. And, okay. uh, well, because well, I had upgraded the old bike so yeah. much, I was like, it doesn't make sense to sell this bike like this. Like, yeah. I'm just going to pull all the parts off this thing and move it on to the new frame. It makes yeah. more sense like that. Um, yeah, with the, with the very expensive parts on there. Um, with those upgrades, moving to the, the Franken bike, did you, did you feel, did you feel the upgrades? Did you, were they, were they noticeable or were they mental upgrades kind of thing? Oh, it was definitely noticeable upgrades. Okay. Um, Cause especially when you start upgrading, I'm sure you noticed this too. Yeah. It's like when you start progressing through higher end components, they gen- they tend to weigh less, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the wheels. Ah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So going from, you know, heavy, heavy, you know, 200 and, you know, 2,500, uh, kilogram or mm-hmm. gram uh, wheel set to like yeah. a, like a 1400 gram uh, wheel set yeah super big light. differences on on there so you, you go from you know riding a tank to, to a ferrari basically so it's like oh yeah this feels great it's like mm-hmm. let's keep doing this let's, let's buy more high-end <laughs> <laughs> um that i can that i can understand um but you know it's a budget you know and at a, at a certain point getting more components not saying that applies to your situation but you know i think we have to question like how much more is this going to really help like how much more money if i throw at this and get the go from that to the next hire like how much is more is that going to help like there's certainly you know walmart bike there's certainly upgrades you can do clearly i was not going to start with the walmart bike but there's upgrades you can do that that will be hugely beneficial and then there's certain high-end ones that like you wouldn't notice a difference from like the mid-range one kind oh of yeah i definitely had I think, I think when I really started getting into that upgrade mindset, like yeah. I was kind of in that, it's like, 
oh yeah, if I replace this this component with like with something that weighs like ten grams less, it's like yeah, that's gonna get me there. Yeah, and then it, that it just kept going like that. So I kind of um, back then it was called the, the weight weenie mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, still there. Yeah. That, that's still kind of referred to today. Yeah. But like yeah, I was definitely like gram counting yeah. Yeah. at that point. So like I, I would I would fret over like. 15 grams between these two components <laughs> but you know there was a 75 dollar price difference on yeah. these like i'm gonna spend the extra 75 dollars 75 dollars on this on this thing that's gonna mm-hmm. weigh 15 grams less and that's gonna get me my next my next podium <laughs> you know but it, at the i think it happens to a lot of us who start getting to riding particularly when we start riding with others and seeing all the equipment and all the kind of stuff and knowing we can upgrade a component as opposed to getting a whole new bike um, I think it happened to, to a lot of us who were riding, um, but at least you were racing, yeah. you know, like there was a, you know, you're becoming a weight weenie, staying a weight weenie, um, but you're racing. So like those are grams that you won't be moving along when you're racing, right? Not saying I could justify all that, but just saying there's some, some minor justification in there because um, you're at least using the bike, yep. you know, pushing it to its limits. Um, did you ever feel like this bike isn't good enough? Like, I, I, did you ever feel like? Oh, oh always. Yeah, there's there's always a nicer <laughs> bike out there. It's like, oh, that one that one's more blingy. Okay. It's like, oh, that that one's got colored hubs. I like that one better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what bike shop were you going to? Uh, I've gone through several bikes. Like that back then, it, was, it just depend. Back then, it just depended on which team I was on. Okay. Um. So back then, you know, going back to let's go back to the Virginia Off Road Series, right? Okay, sure. After the first season, I was. We'll say I'm quote unquote unattached. Okay. Um, the second season, you know, I kind of met um, uh, Jason Hopkins. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're I'm familiar with him, um, but he 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 was kind of like the he kind of started he started up the uh, the design physics racing team. Okay. At that point, so that was like the big race, you know, mountain bike race team um, in the Richmond area. Um, so I got hooked up with them. So and their shop sponsor at that point was Rowlett's Bicycles. Okay. So I went to Rowlett's Bicycles for all of my parts services. Um, you know, obviously I'm on a team, so to give you some some preferential treatment mm-hmm. in terms of service, um, service turnaround and, and and part specials, right? Okay. Um, and then I think from there I went to, uh, it was a team called uh, River City Cycling Cycling Collective. Okay. So it ended up being a splinter of the design physics team okay. um, with me and three other guys that broke off to the team. And that the shop sponsor there ended up being Pedal Power, okay. which was the shop that replaced Rowlett yeah. <laughs> at that point. Um, when that team went defunct, I went over to Three Sports. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it, it just really <laughs> depended on who I was attached to that, at that point, um, uh, which shop that I went that, that I go to. There's a chance that maybe you were bad luck for these shops. I just want to say that because um, I think all of them I, have gone under. Just yeah, like, well, I, I try just, not to think of it like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how did it feel like joining a team? Because before you were just like doing your own thing. And then like how that happened? Like did you meet some, meet some people who were on the team? Did you go out looking for a team? Like how did it feel to actually it join was, a team at that point? I thought it was interesting because um, – I, th- I feel like a lot of people kind of run into this after they graduate college. Is mm-hmm. they they start to have difficulties meeting new people. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it was exciting to be on on a team yeah. because I was meeting all these new people. So all of a sudden, like my team kind of became my social outlet. So mm-hmm. we were having team rides, um, you know, team lunches, team dinners, mm-hmm. team happy hours, and stuff like that. So that all of a sudden became my social life. Yeah. So it was it was exciting. 
that I can understand. Um, I, I will tell us here. Um, I don't say I don't have a huge social circle, but like pre-cycling, it was not huge. You know, I right. have my good friends that I've known for a long time because I've also been in Richmond forever, um, you know, to various degrees. Um, and yeah, it is, it is, it is nice to see your, your social circle grows, right? You, you, you start hanging out on times when it's not the bike and it's like, oh, y'all are actually decent humans when you're not on the bike kind of thing. Um, so yes, I can, I can appreciate it. And I like your yeah. social circle grows and you, and like, oh, these are actually nice people to hang out with, right? Yeah. You don't just ride together. Oh, it's always funny. Like when you, so if it's a non-cycling event, yeah. like the first time you meet these people out in, in, right. normal, <laughs> in normal clothes, right? Right. You, you get to the bar and, and you're like, wait. Yeah. You see, is that you? Yeah. Is that, is that, you ride that blue giant, right? It's like, oh man, that's what you look like in, in normal clothes? It's like, wow. <laughs> I recognize chins quite well. Um, uh, there's a speaking of recognizing people um, there's a guy I ride with sometimes D Knuckles um, he's got this great mustache it's, it's got to be like this wide um, and so when I, I can see the mustache before I see him you know out <laughs> on rides um, and not quite the same sir but one day I think he was out and like it was a cold day and he had on like a, bak- a baklava baklava the, right, the full face and so his mustache was covered and so I think I rode past I was like D you can't cover the mustache we have to be able to see the mustache um <laughs> Well, you're right. I, there was a bunch of people I've seen outside of the kit, and I'm like, oh, like that's what you look like, without all the, the stuff on, kind of thing. Um, so either way, I'm glad that so you joined the team. Um, you're you're enjoying the company of the team. Um, River City, River City Cycling Collective. Yep. Three sports. Next. Three sports. Okay. Um, I think I kind of was on a team after that. No, like I stayed unattached for the next couple of years, and today I'm in on uh, the Altius cycle, cycling team. Altius. Yep. Okay. Who Altius? Like I know Altius. I've heard this name. Um, what's their affiliation of any kind? Like, is it just like it's just a group? Is it people that ride together? Like, are they attached to a shop or? It, there's no attachment to a shop. It's okay. just basically a group of guys that like. Well, their thing is cyclocross. Okay. They're, they're all cyclocross, um, like nerds okay. <laughs> um so their their primary discipline is, is definitely cyclocross racing but everyone on the team does a little bit of everything so you all like train together now or we're just Every so together? often but okay. it's definitely more of a social club okay i, I would say um okay. they're you know we get serious when we when, when we need to get serious okay um but it, it's definitely just light-hearted you know easygoing group guys that you know if you want to go find a group ride to do and you want to hang out with their your teammates and there's generally one that's that's out there. Okay, um, and that's where you're at now, Altius. Yep. Altius, okay. Um, so, uh, what races did you do this year? I know you did a few. I know of right. Done a few. Um, okay. So the big one was Gravel Nationals. Okay. Um, how that came about was well, this was the Gravel Nationals was the first big race I've done since COVID. Okay. In COVID. Okay. We'll say that. Yeah, sure. Um, the previous big race that I'd done was the the SM one hundred, the the Shenandoah one hundred. Okay. Um, Shenandoah Mountains one hundred. Okay. So that was a hundred mile backcountry mountain bike race in the kind of like the Harrisonburg area. So that that was my capstone race pre COVID. Okay. okay. Um. So you know, COVID happened, and you know there was no racing. Yeah. Really, yeah. you know. Um, I think in 2021, like some of the races started coming back. Um, so I dipped my toes in a little bit, you know, for a couple of races um, in, in 21. Okay. Um, but when 20, 
two rolled, and I found out that Grappling Nationals was uh, coming to Virginia. Okay. I was like, Boy, I want to do a big race this okay. year. So, yeah, yeah, I did Gravel Nationals, and okay. that was about two months ago, I think. Okay. Um, uh, the, uh, the ride in the Shenandoah, I think I've, I think I've already forgotten the name of it. The ride in the Shenandoah, the 100-mile yep. uh, mountain bike race. We'll never do it again. That was okay. one and done. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask, like, how did that go? Was that... Did you have any like? Oh man! Had, had you done any distance close to that? Were you still at like? No. What was your closest? So this was, I would say, the mindset going into the SM100 was mm-hmm. pretty close to the same mindset that I had going into Richmond toward up toward Richmond. Okay. Never done any kind of you know mountain bike riding in general, probably more than like a forty mile ride. Ooh. Okay. Right. Wow. Not okay. only that, but nothing in the mountains. Okay. So the SM100, if we're going to be exact here, it's 96.2 like, miles. You got to do it again. You know? you're, you're welcome to ride the extra 3.8, but most people like not to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I believe it's, it's 12,000 feet of climbing, I think. I know it's over 10. It, it's definitely over 10,000 feet. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go back to my Strava to look at it. Um, but... Yeah, so I mean, like, definitely the same kind of mindset as the Richmond uh, Tour of Richmond. Yeah. Or, sorry, Martin's Tour of Richmond. Right. Um, so, you know, we and uh, went out there with a couple of buddies. We camped out, you know, the night before, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. So, me and my friend were, were going to go pick up our race, our race packet. So, we're mm-hmm. walking up to registration, and uh, we knew it was going to storm a little bit um, while we we're out there. This is the night before, and we're walking up there, and like, dude, it, it's getting kind of dark. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's fine. It, it's the mountains. They'll probably just like, you know, you know blow, blow over in like yeah. a couple of minutes or something like that. Um, so we're standing in line, you know, we're getting pretty close to, you know, the front of the line to pick up our brace packets and, and drop off our, our, our goodie bags or mm-hmm. um, our sag bags or whatever we want to call it yeah. um, for the aid stations. And then lightning starts flashing around. We're like, ooh. <laughs> so we, we grab our, our, uh, our registration packets and then I kid you not, within ten yards of our car, mm-hmm. you could see the wall of rain coming towards us. Yeah, and we just look at each other. It's like we need to run now. <laughs> so we run, and I'm car camping. So I jump into my car and yeah. like quickly close the doors. And like no less than a couple seconds after I close the door, all all yeah. hell just kind of breaks loose. It's it's just pouring rain. It starts hailing. Okay, out there and. You know, it, it's super loud, and it, it, this is the this is the worst part about it. Yeah. So I'm in my car. I came prepared, so you know I had you know downloaded a couple of movies on, onto mm-hmm. my laptop, and then um, uh, Woody actually texts me. He's like, "How's it going up there?" So I just take my phone. And I take a quick video of what's going on. Yeah. And hail's just pinging off everything. You literally can't hear yourself think at that point. Yeah. Um, I text him that it's like, oh, that looks terrible. It's like, yeah, screw you, man. <laughs> and I felt sorry for the two guys that were actually tent camping. Ooh, okay. Um, so they were tent camping in a two-person tent, and I guess there was like a hole in in like the top of the tent or something like that. But like, apparently the next morning, like they, they were telling us the story, but like they were just like standing up, like holding onto the supports, holding on for dear life, just praying this tent would not fly out, fly away. And they didn't get a, a second of sleep because everything was wet. Yeah. It ended up raining all night. 
wake up call was at like four thirty, five o'clock or something like that. Yeah. I think it did, I think it legitimately stopped raining about three thirty. And I think at that point that was when I actually like fell asleep. Yeah. And then of course like home starts walking around with the cowbell. Oh man. Wake up call. Um and you know, wake up call, you know, everyone's you know, gets out of their cars and like everyone's just like quiet. <laughs> And we're, everyone knows what we're thinking. Yeah. Like, if, if one person had said it, like, I think we we, we all would have just like, nah. I'm just, gonna, gonna I'm, just, yeah. I'm just gonna crack a beer and I'm just gonna sit here. Yeah. No one said anything, so everyone lined up for the race and we did the race. <laughs> uh, how was the terrain? The terrain was just like super muddy the whole time. It was well, it's a mountain, so a lot of that ends up washing off. Okay. Um, except for like the lower valley areas. Okay. Um, so like Braley's pond was like a, like a mud pit. Okay. Um, basically, um, so it, like going up the trails were, mm-hmm. were actually pretty pretty good. Okay. How do you feel around like mile seventy or so? Death. Really? Mile seventy that that's aid station five. I think okay. it's aid station five, and and that's an evil one. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the that's at the top of like the the, the tallest climb, and that's where you can. Um, get your your uh, your your drop bag. Okay. But that's also where they have pizzas. <laughs> um. So it's tradition to have a slice of pizza at Eight Station Five. Okay. Um. But there's also uh, the sag van mm-hmm. for you to jump into in case you decide not to finish the race at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole lot of temptation at, yeah. at that Eight Station to, mm-hmm. to convince you to kind of quit, right there. Um. So you you wait your friend was with you right? Uh, he, I think he. So that was the first year they did the hundred k. So you had a break off point oh, where okay. you can go back okay. to camp and do the hundred k. I continued on for the hundred miler. Okay. Um and uh, so at that point I was by myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you you get to your ninety six point two miles, um, and finish this thing. Um, are you just like, fuck this bike? Like I'm done. Why am I? Oh yeah. Like you know. I didn't want to look at my bike for like the next month. <laughs> First of all, it took me 14 hours to finish. 14 hours. Dude, okay, all right. It took 14 hours to finish. Um, get back to camp, and you know everyone else had finished. Like I think, like uh, I think a couple of people had finished in like 10 and a half hours. A couple finished in just over 12 hours, and I was the last one in the group to, fin- to finish the 100 miler. Um, you know, I, I come rolling in. I'm like half dead. You know, yeah. basically, I'm just like fumbling around for, for something, anything to eat. Yeah. Because um, like I just didn't have the energy right at, at that point to walk across the field to you know the dinner that they had. Yeah. For for us, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but like someone just kind of looked at me. He's like, "Did you just finish the whole thing?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Dude, that's awesome." <laughs> and I'm like, I just look at him. He's like, "Can you just give me a beer?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go get a beer. Tell me where the shower is. I'm gonna grab something to eat, and I'm going to bed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm aware of that. Aware of that feeling. Like I'm just done. I'm not participating in anything else. Um, so one and done. One and done. That was a one and done. Okay. Um, are there any other big monster events you think you would want to do that you already know of? Not that I know of. Okay. I, I never know what's coming up. There's always going to be something that comes up. You know, someone might mention something. It's like, hey, you should do this race. It's like, yeah, I have any interest in that. Okay. And then literally like a month before the race, it's like, 
dude, I signed up. When are you going? <laughs> but it's usually something just sporadic up in the air. So I don't know. Probably yes. Okay. All right. Um, uh, why do you keep riding? Why do you keep doing the races and, and, and doing all the riding? Why do you keep doing this? Uh, that's a very multifaceted question there. It is. That's the point. Um, why? I'll go backwards. Okay. Um, I do the races because I've learned this about myself is that I'm actually fairly competitive. Um, I like the feeling of, of competing against other people. I like trying to measure myself um, in my abilities against what other people can do. Okay. So it's a good barometer and it keeps me on my toes to, okay. to, to keep progressing. Um, uh, also why I keep racing is uh, the social aspect. You mm. know, you, I meet a lot of you know, people that I, that are actually good friends today, yeah. um, that, that I ride with, um, uh, very good example. Of this is, a you know, who Lester Brown is, right? Yeah. 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 I met him when I first started mountain bike racing okay. and he started mountain bike racing at about the same time. And we just kind of kept this long standing relationship over oh. the last, you know, 10 plus years yeah. just built around cycling and, and mountain biking. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I would know half the people that I know today without, without, um, without cycling. Um, so definitely like the social aspect of it, okay. of, of just racing in general, okay. um, and, and cycling is, is what keeps me going. Okay. Um, and then, you know, why do I keep riding is the fitness aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I alluded to this, uh, earlier that I used to be, you know, over 200 pounds, mm -hmm. right. Um, uh, I which think is hard I, to see by the way, it's just most people I, say I, that I, I understand that's possible. But you know, clearly it's hard to say. Many, many people say that yeah, uh, about so. me. Um, so, um, graduating high school, I was definitely about 190-ish. Okay. Um, ballooned up to about 215 mm -hmm. uh, throughout college. So I, I wouldn't say I was like a like a big person, but because yeah. I was powerlifting, so it was yeah. more muscular big than okay. like just kind of rotund big. Okay. Uh, I would say, um, but bigger than I, weighed more than I really wanted at, at that point. Sure. Okay. Um. So, you know, cycling is what kind of cycling is what I chose to be my mechanism to get myself down to, to where I wanted to be. Okay. Um, so I, I think before I graduated college, I had worked myself way, worked my way down to about 185. Okay. Um, and then I want to say, uh, you know, three years later, four years later, I think I've worked my way down to 170. Okay. Um, and then. I think I hit this epiphany when I was 29. Okay. That I wanted to lose 30 pounds by the time I turned 30. Okay. So at that point, I was like 170, yeah. 175. So, okay, 170. We'll say somewhere between 170 and 180. Okay. 30 um, pounds. I mean, that gets me back to around where I am today, 150. Okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose 30 pounds by the time, by the time I turned 30. Okay. So that was that winter. So that was, that was my new year's resolution okay. uh, of that year. Um, so that was January, um, all the way up until my birthday, which is um, coming up next month in August. Um, so I had, you know, more or less eight and a half months to, to lose all that weight. Okay. Right. Um, that in itself, I would say was a very odd journey. Okay. Um, a lot of ups and lots of, lots of downs. Okay. Uh, I think 
the weight started coming down, coming off quickly for me. So there, there was a point where I was actually losing about two pounds a week. Okay. Um, when, like when the summer months really started, yeah. started hitting there and I really started getting in gear and, and riding and stuff like that. But I was, I was restricting my calorie intake so much okay. Okay. that that's why the, 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 the weight, the weight was, was just kind of melting off there. And you know, I hit, hit, I you know, started at 180, got down to 170. I was like, oh, great. Well, let's just keep this going. You know, yeah. I kept restricting my calories, got down to 160 really quick. I was like, huh, okay. Let's see if I can get down to one, uh, you know, one, 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 160. So get down to 160, right? And I was like, all right, let's see if we can get down to 150. You know, get down to 150. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was my 30 um, yeah. for, uh, you know, my, my 30 for my 30th birthday. Yeah. And uh, I want to say I was probably, I probably had some, some level of body dysmorphia okay. at, at, at that point. Okay. Because I was like, I wonder if I can get down to 140. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, so I kept you're going. Pushing, you were pushing the limit. I was yet. pushing the limit there. And I, I had got down to 140. It was definitely like September timeframe. Um, I stepped on the scale and it read 139 pounds. I was like, wow. all right, wow. I think that's enough. So, but, uh, so, but you're 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 doing all the you're doing all the riding, so you weren't using a, a, any loss in abilities to ride at this time. Right? No, okay. at least nothing that I was that was noticeable to myself. You know, you know, when you lose that much weight, you're losing power. Yeah. Also, but like you're kind of, I think I kind of more or less kept the same power to weight ratio. Okay. It's just that I wasn't really getting stronger or faster. Okay. I was just kind with of staying your, consistent right, with your abilities, okay. with my, with so my abilities. Losing the weight. Okay. Um, and I think, I think I started hitting an, an epiphany that I was, I'd probably gotten too far. Okay. Um, when people really started saying like, Matt, you're really skinny. <laughs> and, uh, I think it started at first I was taking those as, as compliments. So mm-hmm. I think I was at, I think I was at a Yon and Don. Or okay. some of that, and, mm-hmm. and Lester had something, something to me. He's like, "Man, you're looking race fit, man. You're looking good." And I was like, "Cool, thanks, man." Yeah. Um. So I was like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, I look mm-hmm. good." And then I think I was at um, I was at Charm City Cross, mm-hmm. um, up in Baltimore for for a cyclocross race, and I think that was the first time I had seen seen Greg, um, since I lost all that weight. So oh, it, okay. it, it'd been yeah. like a solid seven months since since the last time I saw Greg Whitworth. Yeah. Um. And, and he looked at me and he goes, dude, you're really skinny. And you know, at that point, I still didn't think anything was wrong. Yeah. So, I, so I took a, took it as a compliment. Yeah. And then um, my friend Mike was there. It's like, yeah, man, if, if Greg says you're skinny, you're, you're really skinny. <laughs> and like that was kind of when he had that kind of sit down intervention yeah. moment. And he's like, yeah, you, you, need to, you need to put some weight back, man. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the the turning point of trying to feel where my new natural weight was, was okay. supposed to be. Um, but you weren't with that much weight loss. Um, you were, you'd lost the weight, but you didn't feel like we talked about a little bit of like loss of power. You didn't feel like weak or anything like that. Right. You just, you just, the weight was just off and like that. The was, weight was, was just off. And, okay. um, you know, like I said, I, I don't okay. feel like I ever really got stronger. It just stayed more or less your, the fitness ability stayed more or less the same. Okay. Um, so then you like eat a couple donuts? Like, what do you, how do you like? Oh, I was eating pizzas. Okay. You know, forget donuts, man. I, I was eating full pizzas like every week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, when I started riding, 
like I can remember having an appetite as like a teenager. Then it dropped off in my 30s. And then like I started riding and it's just voracious. Like once I started riding regularly. So I, like, I, I can't imagine the trying to lose that much weight, riding regularly and then still having the appetite of, you know, of a, of, you know, a normal cyclist. So um, I'm glad you were figuring that out. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. But yeah, that, 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 I want to say that, that month of gaining back weight yeah. was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can do that part. I can eat, I can eat whatever I want right now. Um, you have any food allergies or anything? I don't. Okay. Thankfully. Oh, good. Okay. All right. So yeah. So pizza and everything on it. Um, what was your choice of pizza? If you were getting pizza. Uh, medium pepperoni at Belmont Pizza. Okay. Medium. Pe- okay. <laughs> Belmont Pizza. Okay. I stick to the basics. <laughs> okay. I understand. Yeah. If you got a, you got a, you got a pie you like, you might as well stick with it. Um. Uh, so that talks about like, you know, why you keep riding, which is awesome. Right? And there's a social circle, um, uh, the, the fitness and, and seeing yourself, uh, competing with others. Had you any, done anything competitive? You hadn't done anything competitive before? Like nope. physical. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, I was definitely raised a, I was, a, I was an indoor kid. Okay. Yeah. I liked my video games. I liked my Sega Genesis. Okay. Had a, had a very, very respectable, uh, NES collection of video games. Yeah, I would definitely spend all my hours as a kid in front yeah. of a console. Because uh, it's my show. Was there a game of choice? Was there a game that stands out to you oh, at that time? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Halo. Really? Halo. Yeah, Halo was fantastic. Original Halo, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original Halo was was uh, was an outstanding game. It was, it was uh, not record-breaking. It's not the word. Revolutionary when it came out. Oh, yeah. Xbox. It sold. like Without it, Xbox would not have continued at all um it was fantastic um so anyway thought i'd ask uh i i also lived that that gamer lifestyle as well so um thought i'd ask um uh what do you take with you when you go out and ride now um mountain bike ride like what do you what do you take with you now uh actually for for both road and and mountain biking okay um yeah of course, I, I usually bring one or two water bottles. Okay. It depends on you know how hot it is mm-hmm. outside. Um, definitely have multi-tool tire levers, the tube that fits that bike. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, I generally don't bring CO2 cartridges. I'll bring a hand pump. Okay. Um, just because I generally reserve the CO2 cartridges for, for races. Mm. Um, and then you know some kind of uh, you know bar or nutrition bar. Like my my choice is a. These days, it seems to be Lara bars. Oh, okay. Um, that seems to be most agreeable to my stomach. Okay. <laughs> I did the Cliff Bar thing for a while. I did the Kind Energy Bar thing for a while, mm-hmm. but like, my I just get I just got tired of the flavor of those okay. things, so I, I switched it off to um, Lara the bars. Lara bars work for you. Okay. It seems to be a bit more natural. Okay. Uh, bar. There's only like two or three ingredients. I think it's fig. Okay. Fig based. Okay. Um. So it seems to be more more natural and easier on my stomach. I want to say I've tried one of those and did not find it enjoyable. But this I mean, they're like, still not enjoyable. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's what work. agrees with me. <laughs> okay. But they work. Um, they work. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that because that's yeah that's important. Now. Like I have a thing that you will eat that doesn't bother your stomach. Yes. Right kind of thing. Out yes. of the ride. I learned that very quickly. Yeah. 
Um, cause I'm sure you, you kind of went through this cycle of like, you know, what works what for works. me? What mm-hmm. do I like? What don't I like? What I know I don't like mm-hmm. is heed. Really? That's hammer nutrition. Okay. Heed. Um, I think it's the most disgusting thing in, that was ever invented. <laughs> wait, the, the, that's the, the, hy- the, the hydration, hydration drink. Okay. Yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, I have not. I I've seen it. I've not actually tried it, but I know at least a few people who said that they they find it enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I just I do not. <laughs> okay. What do you What do you put in your bottles? You just is it just uh, water? I've turned into a noon person. I don't know if really? you tried. I don't know if oh, you've um, tried the noon tablets. I have tried noon. Again, they're they're not the most enjoyable thing at, no, at all. No. But like you know, it. I was looking for things that just agreed with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. You know, I, I don't like heat. I, do, I don't agree with um, lactose-based things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. It, my body doesn't react well with those yeah, type yeah, of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I think perpetuum is another one that doesn't really agree with me. And, okay. and that's more of a endurance formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perpetuum. Um, okay. It, it might be because there's there's lactose in there. I don't know. Um, what? But noon tablets seem to be. Uh, they're not. They're not as sweet as Gatorade. Okay. Um, Gatorade tends to be a little too sweet for me. Yeah, Gatorade. Um, even Gatorade powders, um, they, mm-hmm. they they just tend to be a little bit too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and noon just seems to be a little bit lighter on the flavor, but enough on the electrolytes that it, it gets me going. Very light on the flavor. Yeah. I used to be a water only person. Yeah. And like, it's only like probably in the last year or two that I started realizing that I needed more than just water. Okay. Um. Are you getting any particular flavor? I, I like to ask people what flavors they're choosing. Whatever's at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to be the strawberry lemonade, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, no caffeine. Yeah. No I, caffeine? I, I okay. don't do the caffeine, uh, the caffeine added uh, nutrition. You may want to save yourself some time. Well, you could buy those in bulk, slight bulk. But noon, I know, occasionally has some, some sales on some stuff. I was trying to see if. There are some Prime Day sales okay. on noon tablets. Um, uh, we use the caffeine. So there's something you have to look. But there's a few Prime Day sales, and I think they have some that don't have caffeine. So you've got four hours or something like that, or five hours or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so it's your hydration snacks uh, that you take on you, uh, take on you on the ride. Um, uh, do you have a bike computer? I do have a bike computer. Okay. Did you start off with a bike? When did the bike computer happen? A, a dumb computer or a smart computer? <laughs> computer fear. Yeah. Let's, let's, what was your progression? Let's go with that. What was your progression? Uh, so I started with. Uh, oh, this is probably you're gonna laugh at this one because I'm sure you started with just a you know, with just a head tube, uh, head unit. Okay. With with no cables. Okay. Um. So when I started with a bike computer, a bike computer was cabled. So you had to okay. rig up the magnets on your wheels oh, and, right, and your yeah, crank sets right. and then figure out how to go. route and wrap the cable around from your chain stay all the way up, uh, all the way up to uh, your handlebars so that it didn't interfere with anything. And all it kept track of was speed and cadence. Oh my God. Yep. Um, how long did that go on? Uh, years. I don't really? think I bought my first like... I remember what it got. It was a Garmin uh, Edge 500. Okay, so you went, was, wait, you went from that to a Garmin Edge 500. Yes. Oh, that's, that's like jumping out of the Stone Age to now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, you get this Garmin, you get this Garmin 500. Um, 
how does it feel like to have this black computer? Was that that was a splurge? Or did you get it from someone? Oh, that was definitely a splurge. Okay, but then again, it's like I don't know what to do with it. So like, I just want to track speed and cadence. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you have this, you know, two hundred and fifty dollar like smart computer. It's like I'm using like a tenth of what it mm-hmm. can do, as most do. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you still have that? Uh, it only recently retired, in like in, I would say the last two years. Okay. Yeah, I have a Wahoo Element Bolt. Ah, okay. You jump ship. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you have any problems with the, the Garmin? Uh, no, it just died. Okay. Yeah, the, the battery just finally that's, gave that's out, and like... I was just like, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those things can't last forever. They got they have so many cycles left in their life. Um, uh, the Wahoo Bolt? The Wahoo Bolt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you like the Bolt? I do like it. I find, I find the Wahoo products to be more user-friendly, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, it just seems more intuitive okay. in the way to, to navigate to some of the functions versus the, the Garmin. Then again, I, I, I've never used like a, like a newer Garmin. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going off my um, experience from like, uh, an Edge 500. Um, but I find the, the usability to be a little bit easier on a, on a Wahoo. Um, I've heard that from a number of people who have who've made a switch over to Wahoo that it's uh, a bit more user friendly. Um, I was telling somebody else actually that the podcast came out today. Telling what today's date, but um, the uh, I think the Garmin's because they've existed so long, we're building on an old platform, and so they just when they got newer units that could do more stuff, they were still using old old kind of programming, building upon it, kind of thing. Um, so uh, I do have a new Garmin, um, and so I think that's part of the where Wahoo has advantage over them because when they came out, like you know, Garmin had been building on the platform they've had for a long ass time. And Wahoo was able to come with a brand newer platform to build on a new, you know, newer technology. That, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Garmin's been around for forever yeah. for GPS in general, so they right. probably just pulled old technology and said, let's <laughs> just bundle it in this little, yeah, little egg shaped thing, thing and, and call um, it a bike computer. Um, uh, not to entice you to jump ship, but because you're talking about bike computers, the newest Garmin um, is solar, can be solar powered. The thing has. That's interesting. On the. Um, one, they I suppose they've updated the OS, so like it's a whole, it's a new OS for it, um, for an operating system for people listening. Um, but um, the main screen that you touch is like fifteen percent, like can fifteen percent of it can like okay, it's like a solar absorption of like fifteen percent, and then the two strips above it, uh, the strip above it and below it, it's like a hundred percent absorption. And as you ride, if you got the solar version, it will tell you like how much either battery you generated like while riding and soaking in the sun um which i find exceptionally interesting yeah that would be i think that's great for road riding right it probably is not super yeah it's probably not great for mountain biking because i mean you spend so much time under a canopy that there's probably only but so much light it can absorb underneath there and and that's a thing that hopefully someone who's like i ride most in the trees i should not get that version because there's two versions there's a non-solar version and then the solar version so people get the the option of spending that extra. Yeah, uh, I am a road rider. I will likely go with yeah. the solar option. And speaking something. of technology, it's actually funny, you know, thinking about how we used to track. Because um, I use Strava. Okay, I was going to ask today. that next. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's funny how we used to, to to compete against each other. You know, back in the day when we didn't have something that could upload to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, like we used a we used dumb Strava back then, which was. I'm gonna start my, you know, my wired computer at the base of this trail. Yeah. Ride as hard as I can. Stop it. 
take my Motorola Razor flip phone, yeah. take a picture of the screen and text it to my buddy. It's like, hey, I just did this loop in, in 20 oh minutes. <laughs> okay, that seems like a lot. That was barbaric, yeah. but it worked. <laughs> um, are there any segments that you, that you, um, that you try to chase now? Uh, today, I've kind of, I want to say, I, I generally don't care anymore today okay. uh, about chasing segments like, like as much as I did when I first started using Strava. Okay. Um, like there, there was one segment that I really tried for like max effort every single time I went out there and that was like the pony pasture stretch um, uh, back and forth. This is like right along the pony pasture, right, like right along, along the, the river. pony pasture. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that road right there. It's flat. It's straight. Mm-hmm. You just right. max effort. You know, every single time. Like that was my segment that that I tried for every single time when when Strava first came out. Um, today it's more for just just personal, P, you know, PRs. Okay. Um, rather than you know trying to you know grab you know some kind of KOM right today like even today it's like especially after 2015 when when worlds came through right, yeah. it's nearly impossible to get a, a, a com today right um because you know you look at some it. of the the east end segments like oh robert guessing did this segment at 45 miles in the per hour like yeah i'm not gonna touch that <laughs> um yeah right um i say it'd be nice to delete those but no they've got the KOM. they've got the KOM. it's it is what it is um um, accidents other than getting stabbed in the hand by the tree um, in your, your first have you have you had any accidents since you've been riding two major ones that I can that I can remember do you would you, would you like to talk about that uh, first one was uh, it was the start of summer vacation after the fifth grade um, so there's this hill uh, on my street that mm-hmm. me and my friends um, like the bomb down. Okay. Um, kids do. And this was before we, we knew that, that helmets like save lives. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm not wearing a helmet. Um, so me and my friend, we've done a couple runs of this hill, just kind of bombing down it. And this particular one, you know, bombed down the hill and on the sidewalk. And uh, uh, you know how some people like to edge their yards mm-hmm. um, so close to the sidewalk? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this particular yard, they edged it so close that there, like a little trench had developed. Oh, okay. So I had drifted into that trench. Mm-hmm. Um, front tire hits it, lost, lose all control over the bike, and I face plant right into the sidewalk. Okay. Oh. So that blew my entire summer. Yeah. Um, probably had a concussion. You know, that wasn't really a thing back then. Um, you know, face all bloodied. I, I'm pretty sure there was a stain of blood on the sidewalk for a good three or four months. Um, like even when, when like when school started back up, I would yeah. walk by that spot. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah that was my face. <laughs> um, but today you can't really see it. No, it, I think it's blended fairly well. But like, uh, there was a scar yeah. right here above okay. the left eye. Okay. Um, that encompassed like basically the whole left eye um, area on my forehead okay um and then right underneath my nose right okay here. you can't really see it today but like okay. you can see kind of like lines okay a little bit underneath there but those are the lasting marks from that um second accident was i want to say about four years ago okay and this was after a snowstorm okay um so i wanted to go for a ride you know the, the roads had been cleared okay um salted and sanded Mm-hmm. And I went out with a, a couple friends, and we did, I think we did the old gun route. 
This um, on the road bike. On road bike. Okay. Uh, so we started at like my, or we, we met at the top of Nickel Bridge or something like that. And okay. we went from there, uh, rode out to Old Gun, rode up to Old, uh, up Old Gun, came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's the intersection where, you know, that intersection near, uh, um, God, what's that golf course right there? Oh. On the way there. I don't know the golf course. The country right club that's right, right there. The club, um, yeah. But there's an intersection there where you can, you can, you can, you can take a right or go straight into like the pony pasture trails. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I was coming in through that, that intersection and I was going to lean into the right turn to go back home, like near the country club. And mm-hmm. I didn't see the patch of sand um, that was there. Okay. I hit the patch of sand. I'm leaning into the turn and front tire goes. Yeah. And I land squarely on my head. Yeah. Okay. All on right. On my helmet. Wait, you said on your helmet. On my helmet. Okay. Like literally nothing else hit the ground other than my head. Okay. Um, I was actually riding with Lester that day. Okay. And from the way he described it was he, he heard, oh shit. <laughs> and bam. And that was it. Um, that was a very scary accident for me. Okay. Because I, I'm literally missing eight, eight hours of memory from that day. So from the, I don't even remember hitting the ground or the accident. So, uh, I just remember kind of coming to at, at my friend's dinner table, um, and then noticing a note on the table that said, Matt, you're in a bike accident. The doctor said, you're going to be okay, but you need to take it easy. And I start freaking out because I don't remember anything prior to that note. Yeah, eight hours. Oh, yeah, I guess that's long enough for you to go go to the hospital. Yeah, and apparently, so um, I hit the deck. Um, one of my friends stayed behind. Uh, Lester and my other friend went to go get a car. Okay. And my friend that stayed with me, yeah. uh, she she was talking to me, mm-hmm. and apparently I just stood there and I kept repeating myself. Mm-hmm. I kept saying the same thing over and over again. I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying. But she, she just told me, it's like, yeah, you kept repeating yourself. It was really strange. Um, and then I actually do remember like some bits of pieces of, yeah. of what happened. I, for some reason, the, the one memory that I actually do remember from yeah. that day is um, I was sitting in my condo waiting for them, to, waiting for my friends to figure out what the next move was. Yeah. Took my phone out. I was cognizant enough to take a picture of my uh, medical ID badge yeah. and text my boss t- saying, I'm not going to be in the work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that much I do remember, but everything leading up to that, you know, yeah. the, the visit, the patient first, uh, the CAT scan at the hospital, you know, whatever else they did me yeah. at, at the hospital, uh, the trip to Lester's house. None of that. None of that. None of that. Gone. None of it. Yeah, so well, that was really uh, scary for me. Um, the repeating yourself, because apparently I've had enough people tell me about their accidents. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a repeating uh, it's a repeating thing. Um, yeah, it, the thing that I've heard other people say, like they and I and I don't I don't know enough medical knowledge to like what that is. I remember what it was. What's that? I was checking to see uh, if my collarbone is okay. Oh, so I kept I kept like spinning my arm apparently. Yeah, and it was like, yep, collarbone's still there. Okay. And, and that's why kept I kept repeating. repeating. You kept doing it. Well, you survived. I, I survived. Helmet went to the trash. Helmet went... Uh, no. 
I kept it. That's a souvenir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still sitting. Uh, it's 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 actually in my office. I kind of keep that as a as a as a reminder. Okay. Um, to to wear my helmet. Um, but every time I look at it, I pick it up. And the first time I picked, I looked at it. It's like I was I was like I was trying to count the cracks in mm-hmm. the helmet. Uh, the first time I picked it up, it's like oh, there's only two or three cracks in here. Yeah. It's like that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, and then this like I think it was like the second or ter- third time I picked it up. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, this is like there's like 15 cracks in here. This thing's shattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One blow, suppose that's it. One blow, and that's that's it. One 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 hit on those things, and, and supposedly it's supposed to be compromised, and you're not supposed to use them anymore. Um, but I'm glad that it worked that day. It did. You know, it did its job. Um, do you wear gloves? Uh, I I did then. I don't today. Okay. On the road. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I know some people just don't don't wear gloves. Uh, well, I'm glad you survived those that accident and the younger one. And there's actually going back to the gloves. There's actually a funny reason why I don't wear road gloves anymore. Yeah, why don't you wear? Uh, it's because I was so. If you look at me right now, I'm actually fairly dark. Okay. Um. So back then, when I was wearing gloves, yeah, obviously that's you're gonna get a little bit of a tan line on there. So I was actually developing a good tan line, a, right. a glove right. line around yeah, my wrist. Good, yeah. And I was at work, and uh, uh, my coworker. So my my coworker knows to not call me Matthew, mm-hmm. but she goes, Matthew, what's wrong with your hand? Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's a tan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, I tend not to have to deal with the tan line because I stay covered the whole like <laughs> the whole time. Um, you know, but I, I know that's a thing, and I know people don't wear gloves for different. I have a friend of mine, Lucille, who never wears gloves when it's warm out. She doesn't wear gloves, which I wear gloves all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, all the time. Um, uh, earliest memory of riding a bike. Happy uh, memory, not one that you face planted. My dad t- teach me, and my friends teach me how to ride a bike. Yeah. So you know learning how to ride a bike, had training wheels on, mm-hmm. you know, it would either be my dad or, you know, my across the street, you know, best friends that would be holding my seat to make sure I don't tip over even with training wheels. Cause that's how, Aww. that's, that's, that was the amount, that was the level of comfort that I had with training wheels. Oh, that's um, a good friend there. But yeah. Um, as opposed to like pushing you over or something. Was oh yeah. What kids would do at that age. Um, uh, that's that. Uh, do you have a favorite kit? Favorite kit? Or one you find like just extremely more comfortable than the others? Uh, I don't know if there's a favorite kit, but like, so as I alluded to earlier, I, I like to overprepare. Okay. So I've found that the more pocket, I've found that I, now that I have more pockets, mm-hmm. I more need pockets more. Are better. Yeah. <laughs> more pockets are better. Yeah. More pockets are better. So for mountain biking, I actually have a, a, a pair of riding shorts that I like just because it has pockets. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, and then uh, I recently discovered uh, uh, bibs that mm-hmm. have side pockets. So for gravel nice. nationals, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I don't know if you heard about the conditions at gravel nationals, but it was it was raining the whole mm-hmm. entire time and it was 45 degrees. Um. So I had found a uh, a set of thermal uh, bibs from from Pactimo mm-hmm. that had side pockets. So in some of the pictures that you can that you see me in um, yeah. in, in Gravel Nationals, that I've actually just loaded up like my pockets with snacks, like from the aid stations. So like 
in some of the pictures you could see like bulges or, or lumps like in <laughs> right. my legs and it's like it's not because like my legs are muscular it's because yeah, i, I stole a lot snacks. of food yeah <laughs> that's why snacks in there nice uh snacks are great they have them at the aid station grab snacks exactly that's what they're there for <laughs> um um what do you want to see at the aid station? What do you, what snacks do you want to see at the aid station? What are the things you want? If you go to an aid station, whether it be, cause I know you do mostly races. Like what do you want to see at the aid station? Uh, outside of water, outside of water. Yeah. Um, preferably not heat. <laughs> I've definitely stopped at, stopped at, um, um, aid stations and I'll ask them, it's like, what's in that cooler? And they'll say heat where's the water cooler. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, I like bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, my friends that know me well know that I love sweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if there are cookies or brownie bites there, mm-hmm. I will definitely go for the cookies and brownies first. Okay. Um, and trail mix. Mm-hmm. Trail mix is good. Trail mix is good. Um. Uh, when you since you've been riding, and when you go on va- your your non cycling vacations, right? Do you take your bike with you? I do. Okay. I do. Um, if it's within driving distance, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll generally take a bike with me. Okay. Um, so um, I'll do some research on wherever I'm going, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll figure out which weapon do I need to bring? Yeah. Do I need to bring a road bike? Do I, mm-hmm. Now do I need to bring a gravel bike? Yeah. Do I, can I bring a mountain bike? Are there trails there? Yeah. Um, so a lot of my road trips generally are, are to the beach. You know, okay. They're family, family vacations to mm-hmm. Outer So generally if I go there, it, it's a road bike or um, a gravel bike. And I'll bring that and okay. ride on sand. Um, if it's somewhere far off, I'll generally try to find some kind of tour, like okay. a bike tour that I can do, and I'll rent a bike. Ooh, okay. Um, so, God, my favorite bike tour that I did, it was definitely like, you know, 10 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it was a trip to Hawaii. Wow. Okay. And, you know, your family is trying to figure out what to do, you know, as far as activities go. So yeah. they decided they wanted to, um, hike up, uh, I think it was diamond head. So this okay. is the, uh, the, the Island of Oahu, okay. um, in, in Hawaii. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I did start doing some research and, mm-hmm. you know, I found a couple, um, mountain biking tour companies, um, that were out there that offered tours, um, bike rentals and equipment rentals. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to go do that instead. Um, so I did this, I signed up for this, uh, tour at the, uh, I'm going to butcher it so bad. Um, but it is the Kualoa Ranch at the Kaaba Valley. Okay. I think it was on the Western side of Oahu. Okay. And this, the Kualoa Ranch is actually has a really cool history. Okay. They, they actually use that to film a whole bunch of movies. Okay. So, you know, there's some, especially a trop, um, tropical setting. So, you mm-hmm. know, some of those shots where a helicopter flying in and like you see these mountainous forest covered um, cliffs. Sure. A lot of times that will be the Kualoa Ranch. So they actually filmed the uh, original Jurassic Park there. Uh, I think uh, Godzilla 1998 was okay. filmed there. Parts of Pearl Harbor, obviously, you know, it's yeah. Pearl Harbor is in yeah. Hawaii. So, I mean, they, they filmed a, uh, a couple scenes at, at that ranch over there um, and a couple other movies but it was cool because they they left all the props there okay so you know the uh, 
Um, if you remember from the original Jurassic Park, you know, or that scene, it's like a wide open field and I think it's like Dr. Grant and like the two kids mm-hmm. and then all the small dinosaurs start running towards them. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they duck behind this, this log. Yeah. The log was there. Oh, nice. So like by the time, of course, by the time I get to it, it's like a right. little stump because yeah. everyone wants to stand on it and take pictures on it. Yeah. Um, but that was there. And then like, uh, you know, Godzilla's footprint from that Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. movie was there. And like, it was probably as big as this kitchen. Yeah. You know, that's how big the, the, um, uh, the footprint was. Um, but that, that trip was cool because like, uh, so it was, we're at a hotel and mm-hmm. you sign up for it and they, they pick you up at the hotel. Okay. And God, I still remember the tour guide's name because he's a total surfer um his name was matthias nyquist <laughs> I mean, you can't get much more surfer than that kind of okay. name um okay. he picked me up um from a hotel and then he looks at me and i'm filipino yeah and i'm probably gonna butcher this too but like my parents are probably gonna be very proud of me proud of me for saying it um but he goes mabuhay anongbalita and in Filipino, mm-hmm. Tagalog, uh, that's pretty, you know, a general mm-hmm. greeting. Is, it basically just means, hey, what's up? Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I don't really understand the, the Tagalog language today okay. at okay. all. Like, okay. I, I could pick up bits and pieces of it. Sure. Um, I actually had to research this before I came here okay. just to make sure I said it right. <laughs> but he said that to me, and I looked at him and was like, man, I'm from Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, um, but it was it was an awesome tour. I mean, we, it was nice. like a it ended up being like a two or three hour mountain bike ride. Yeah. Um, you know, they, you know, had like lunch trails and all on trails. Um, nice. they they did like an eighteen hour or twenty four hour uh, marathon race. Um, every year. Um, on on the trails they took us. I mean, it just ended up being like an awesome day. Nice. How many other people went with? Uh, were uh, it was funny because like it was it was about eight of us. Okay. Um, but like two of the people, it was a couple. Uh, they bailed out before we even hit the trails because like. It was too rough for them, and I was like, "You just paid what 150 bucks or whatever it is to, mm-hmm. to ride a quarter of a mile and turn back because mm-hmm. you didn't read the description." <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. You should definitely try to understand if you join a yeah, ride in a foreign but, place, which is likely going to be hilly. Yeah, um, but definitely most memorable, you know, you know bike trip that I've, that I've been on. Nice bike tour trip that I've been on. Um, have you flown with your own bike yet? I've never flown a bike. Okay, no. Um, it's an interesting mental experience to fly with your especially with carbon ride. that's why I haven't yeah. flown a bike yet <laughs> is it going to make it is there going to be something wrong with yeah so uh, it's doable for sure lots of people do it uh, in fact I don't know of any stories yet of it going wrong although I did just see a story online about a guy who was going to London and they sent his bike somewhere else and that would be not great, but as long as it arrives safely, I could I could deal. Oh, kind of thing. That would be, be a nightmare for me, especially if I was flying my bike for a race. Oh yeah, that and that's what I think the guy was. Whoever this person was, I think they were going to do a race in London, and then whoever the airline was, which the news outlets that have reported have clearly said this was the airline that did it. Uh, so they may lose cyclists on their their flights. Um, how did the pandemic in, uh, impact? Your, your cycling yeah the pandemic um i definitely halted all group rides okay um or even just riding with people in in general okay um i didn't i don't think i i don't think i touched trail for a solid six months 
Okay. Um, wow. So from, you know, March up until I would say September ish, mm-hmm. like I didn't touch any trail. Okay. Um, I was strictly, strictly sticking to road biking. Okay. And I was purposely doing some odd routes to get to my normal route to stay away from people. They're right. And you're skipping the main thoroughfare. I was de- yeah. definitely skip like um, Rockets Landing, for example. Right, yeah, like I was yeah. definitely taking like side roads to come around <laughs> Rockets Landing yeah. just so I could avoid people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just like the mental aspect, I mean, it definitely impacted the way I was thinking about what I wanted to do with, uh, you know, with my ride for that day. Okay. Um, just because I had built up so much anxiety mm-hmm. um, from you know, just from news and like, Oh, if you get this, you know, there, there's a chance, there's a chance you right. could end up in a hospital. It's like, and then, you know, it's the, the risk averseness in me is like, yeah. that's not worth it. Yeah. So I'm just going to go out of my way to like <clears throat> go to, you know, right around this segment of town so, mm-hmm. so that I can avoid people as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely as I started getting more comfortable with what, how, what was going on, um, in the world, like I started, you know, venturing out more into the trail, yeah. you know, where there's a higher chance of running into people and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so de- yeah, it definitely impacted the way I was thinking about how it was, how, how and where I was riding. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're not alone in the avoiding rocks landing, which is a fine area, but yeah, during that time as well, I, 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 I was on a few rides where we definitely went up Bickerstaff by wherever the, the brewery is, Oh yeah. you know, to, to avoid, you know, having to ride. Uh, through all the people at Rockets Landing, which also means you, you know, avoid that first hill. Oh, yeah. You know, if you get around it. Yeah, which was a bonus. <laughs> um, uh, what's something you'd want to, because you've had a, you've had an extensive journey here with your own riding, right? Uh, health-wise, you know, your social circle expanding, you know, your abilities expanding. What's something, if somehow you could talk to yourself early version of Matt who just got the mountain bike right and still in college like what's something you would have wanted to like share with yourself then kind of thing you know about the, about the riding experience stop. not just the winning lottery numbers yeah I would definitely tell myself to stop trying to compare myself to other people and just ride yeah yeah Cause like it, it, you know when you're riding you know, a lot of it is, is mental right you know you're, you're trying to figure out what you're capable of mm-hmm. um you know, what your equipment's capable of. And then, um, you know, you go out to events, you start seeing people that have a lot more ability. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, that starts casting doubt in what you can mm-hmm. do. You could do yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know, I definitely went through some of those phases like, well, what, I'm riding this much. Why aren't I as mm-hmm. fast as so-and-so? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, he rides like half the fraction. He rides a fraction of what I do. Yeah. It's like, there's no way. Um, yeah, so I, I would definitely tell myself to stop comparing myself to other people. And okay. just, just ride for the enjoyment of it. You know, enjoy the fresh air. Okay. Um, enjoy life and, and just enjoy being out there because you have the opportunity to. Okay. All right. Um, that seems like solid advice for, yeah. for younger Matt. Um, okay. Um, well, Matt, um, I'm glad we were able to get this this, this, this figured out so we yeah, could actually do definitely. this, man. Um uh, so I, I uh, appreciate you sharing your story, um, your weight loss journey and regaining of weight um, and um, the racing and the teams um, and everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate you, you sharing your, your story, man. Um, 
hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. It was a really fun experience. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.